You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, City Farming, in which new ways to think about food in urban areas are discussed. This show will find out everything we wanted to know about seeds. It's my sincere pleasure to introduce to you Alan Watts from Anything Grows Seed Company at the Western Fair Market. Welcome, Alan. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Really excited to have you. Alan, Anything Grows, that's a really optimistic and a fantastic name. How did you decide on this? It stems from a B&B that started in Stratford in 1983 um, by the name of Anything Goes. And when uh, the decision came to name uh, a new gardening store that we were opening, uh, Anything Grows uh, kind of grew from that uh, quite organically, if I may be so. <laughs> <laughs> I love the pun. So I really appreciate and do love Anything Grows because um, with Anything Grows Seed Company, you've got so many things there on way to start seedlings and great seeds and wonderful uh, people there helping serve that uh, I love the Anything Grows name. How long, Alan, have you been selling seeds and helping home growers? Um, really since the uh, store started in 95 and then this, um, the market in London in 2012. So more, more directly or more specifically through that time too, though, with the, the many garden shows that used to be in Stratford, Peterborough, um, and then the CD Saturday events, there's been lots of other opportunities that we've taken advantage of to be out there in different communities, uh, meeting uh, lovely gardeners and selling seeds too. Wow, since 1995. So I'm sure you've got a lot of amazing stories and have grown a lot of incredible things. And then your seeds having gone out from there growing even more and more wonderful, wonderful things and helping families, you know, connect yeah. to um, their food supply, but also really understand the uh, harmony of nature, the cycle of the seasons, the emphasis of harvest, all of these things. And what made you decide to get into offering seeds, seedlings, garden supplies, and other things to our community? Um, it's just a, a passion of both my and Rick's uh, that uh, we love gardening and, and have a good knowledge and love to share. And in terms of giving back, it's, it's that we do want to kind of share our knowledge and encourage people to garden and believe in how healthy it can be for an individual, for a family, for a community. I think that's wonderful. And you definitely tell, I, I spend a lot of my Saturday mornings at the Western Fair Market, and I always love walking by and going into uh, the Anything Grows Seed Company because there's something new all seasons and you definitely feel the the people who are there love what they do. There, there's not um, sort of a heavy altitude to the knowledge. You are just so generous with it and willing to share and listen. And I think what a wonderful way to give back, uh, bring something like the seeds to our community as you do at Anything Grows Seed Company. And there must be a cycle to the seed and seedling year. Your timing would need to, based on what you want to inventory in the store or make available um, your timing precedes the home growers period when they're thinking about planting and can you tell us about this seed um, stores cycle throughout the year yeah sort of the seed season or seed seasons it's um 
it, it sort of begins for us, of course, much early in terms of our planning and ordering and uh, looking for new varieties or something, or just sort of that sort of work or investigation. And then we start, uh, we start to receive our, our next year seed in um, by the uh, late, late fall, like just for uh, almost by Christmas time, we would, or December, we start to receive it. And by, uh, by the end of February, uh, we would have all of our next year's uh, or that year's seed in. And that's when people uh, start sort of looking mostly for, uh, or to a greater degree. When you're buying your seed, you're looking at uh, sort of hot season and cool season vegetables is kind of how they're generally categorized. And your hot season vegetables would be tomatoes, peppers, um, some melons, that kind of thing that they have a longer growing season. So those are the ones where you do see the, the, the more avid gardeners earlier because they want to get those seeds and get those plants started indoors. And then the cool season vegetables are the, the ones that uh, uh, you can get in the ground earlier. So you don't need to start indoors. And actually they prefer some of them even a little bit uh, cooler to, to start to uh, germinate. So that's uh, an advantage in terms of our season. Those being like peas, uh, lettuces, that kind of thing. Um, so it's, uh, it is a, a cycle. Uh, so definitely thinking about growing all year long. Ellen, what are some tips for finding a great seed supplier and great seeds? It's probably looking at someone as a, someone you trust in terms of perhaps retail already. Um, and, and then maybe paying attention, uh, if not, that's not the case that you're, uh, you're, you would never want to buy seeds if they were a rack sitting out in the sun or a rack sitting in a sunny window. Uh, if anything's going to destroy seed, it's, it's uh, that heat and that, uh, like especially a direct sunlight. Um, so I would just be most wary of that because a lot of retailers aren't as conscious, especially retailers that are only in the garden industry for the season, uh, to be very careful of that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then look, uh, still with the packaging, in, every individual package has to have a, a date um, package stamp on it. So I would just check what you're buying as well with that, in regards to that to know that you're getting fresh seed because you don't want to buy stale seed. That's, that's uh, misleading and, and shouldn't be the case. So. Right. Those are really good tips. And I have opened packages of seeds where I've seen they've started to sprout and almost mold, or they have just gone shriveled up and dried. So keeping them out of the sun. But I liked your first tip, which is buying from someone you trust, someone in your community is invested in the community, like anything grows seed company at the Western Fair. Just in terms of seeds themselves, I've always wondered, well, where do vegetable and herb seeds come from and how are they stored? And how, how does that process work? Yeah, it's quite a, an industry, of course, uh, on the scale that it has to be when you're um, producing and packaging seeds. So, um, and it's also extremely complicated. So when we get some customers in asking about seed saving, and um, it's it's so complicated, uh, there's not there's certainly not an easy answer, but it can be done, and it, and it is interesting. It's just that people have to be careful to do the research or want to do the research if they are interested in that kind of thing to do it. I would say that uh, when I mentioned those hot seasons, like uh, vegetables, like peppers and tomatoes, uh, peppers, for example, if you're doing one 
one variety of pepper, say a poblano that you like, and, and you're doing some sweet peppers, well, they should be 60 feet apart if you want to save seed um, uh, from that from those plants to be able to grow that same pepper again in each case. Um, and then storing them, uh, which I mentioned before, uh, mainly is the, uh, the heat. So you wanna keep cool and dry for storage. And then also it's pedigree to know if you want it uh, to be concerned, then you, uh, we only certainly deal with very good quality seed companies. And we know the pedigree of the seed and sort of what they're doing. There's sharing and there has to be. It's, mm-hmm. um, but it's just sort of being comfortable with who you're dealing with. And on a personal level, you know, you probably need to ask questions and, and, and need that assistance too, as opposed to just buying a seed package to know what to do. So, right. So emphasizing the expertise of people like anything grows uh, seed company, just that there's so much knowledge, not just about the seeds themselves. And I, I agree with you, you know, not every plant was native to our area. So we are bringing seeds in from where things have grown natively and uh, it is a, it's a global market. And I think that that's part of the strength of um, having access to people who sell seeds that know what they're doing is that there is um uh, as you had mentioned, there's crop failures. There's all sorts of things. We're dealing with nature. You know, it's yes. not, uh, we're, yeah. we're de- mother nature has something to say about it all. It's not exactly just science. We're observers in science and mother nature has sometimes things that she's doing. So uh, it's wonderful to have uh, you, Alan, and, and your uh, business partner, Rick, who is uh, available to help us with all of these questions and to point us in the right direction. So thank you very, very much. After the break, we'll talk about how to read a seed packet label with Alan Watts from Anything Grows Seed Company at the Western Fair. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. Welcome back to Food for the Future. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist. We've been speaking about life in a seed company with Alan Watts from Anything Grows Seed Company at the Western Fair. Alan, now let's talk about reading seed labels. On the back of a seed packet, there's two names, for example, beans, and then something like Royal Burgundy. Why do we need both? The Royal Burgundy would be an example of just the variety of bean that you're purchasing. So it's, and that's, that's where everything's exploded now to offer these, all these different varieties that yes, they're, they're not native. We're talking about vegetable gardening. We're not talking about invasive species or anything. So people do get confused about what's not native, whether that's still the, the right thing to be growing. But you're, when you think of it, you go to the grocery store and buy an Asian vegetable or something like that, well, you can grow that yourself. So it's, it's just uh, expanded our world of gardening by being able to share all these different uh, seeds in that respect. Wow, that's really helpful. And then as a home grower, you can start to get to know, well, this variety of bean, they were almost sweet, we really liked them. And even though the green beans, a green beans, a green bean, but when you have a variety difference in them, they do have different qualities and characteristics. So you can start to discover what you like as a family, like as a home grower, possibly your soil is a little bit more alkaline, someone even, you know, a couple 
houses down, it might be a little bit more acidic depending, and you can get to know really what works in the space that you are growing in. So that's very, very helpful to have both of those names. I also yep. noticed on the some packages, not all of them, there's a color coded map on the back. How do you decipher this? Yeah, that's uh, uh, very likely the zone map just to, uh, I provide that additional information for people to say that the seed would be growing safely in, in season in the zone that you're living in, in London's sort of five and a half, five, uh, five to five and a half. And in, even in, I think in some climates within London, it, it's almost up to six. It's some I've known some gardens in London that have some pretty amazing plants that uh, survive winters there. So that's what it's based on is basically the frost factor and, and what plants survive our winter season to define the zone. If a package happens to not have the map that indicates the zone name yeah. that you mentioned, you know, ranging from five to almost up to six in some areas, that you should look for the printed instructions on, on which zone it is just for the greatest success, not only in yield, but for the plant survival. Yeah. And it's um, keeping in mind too, for that's, if you were looking at perhaps perennials more so too, for when you're dealing with the vegetables, we kind of go back to the, uh, what I mentioned about the hot season, cool season, and just being aware of those two main categories, perhaps you'd see a new variety that you didn't know and you'd have to investigate to find it would be a hot season. You have to start this uh, seed indoors to have the, to have a long enough growing season outdoors for it, for it to, uh, grow to a full harvest or at least to be worthwhile right. um so it's just uh we can kind of grow almost anything in that respect as long as we know that are are paying attention to that growing season of that information is always on the back of the seed packages is if it if it needs to be started indoors it'll should mention that in the copy on the package as well uh and also that it would have a little uh a little diagram, usually a schematic to say what months to start planting indoors, when it should go outdoors, and then when there's harvest, what when to harvest. Okay, so a lot of really helpful information on that package. Also, sowing instructions on seed labels, how deep and how far apart. And then there's also yes. thinning instructions. And what does that mean? That's um, when you're dealing with something like a carrot seed where the carrot is so fine, you, you cannot plant acid, <laughs> at least most can't. So you, you need to usually, you kind of, and, and to be more efficient too, you kind of need to uh, sprinkle the seed or, or something as you're going along um, and you end up overseeding a little bit so you can thin out to allow a, a better spacing between each plant as they start to establish pick out the weaker ones or that kind of thing. Okay. So it does make sense. You're, you're literally thinning them. So you'd have yeah. a dense area of seeds that now have sprouted and they're too dense to take a carrot teeping with the example you provided um, all the way to a nice, delicious table ready carrot. So we've got yeah. them out. Okay. That's, that's a really helpful, helpful tip. And then you had mentioned the growing season, Alan, and I've noticed that there's date ranges on seed packages. Some say days to germinate. And then there's also days to harvest. What's the difference? Yeah, the days to germinate would be before you uh, start to see something above ground uh, from the seed, whether you've started that indoors or outdoors. And then once uh, that's sprouted, 
then that's the days to harvest is how that's measured. So really helpful to know days to germinate is how long you can expect to sprout. So whether you're growing indoor or outdoor, and then days to harvest is once it's sprouted, when can you expect to actually have a tomato or a a radish or lettuce or whatever it is? Okay, that's very, very helpful. So it's a very, um, you're very, have to be very oriented into not only space, but time, you know, where your seeds are going to grow, whether the sun is there, what type of soil it is, but also the, the timing of it in terms of the season, but not just any, any beginning of May, it's okay, what's the weather like in May? What is the rain doing in May? What's the frost doing in May? So you've got to be really situated in time and place almost to be right. a, a great gardener, which is really a great thought, you know, when we have these busy worlds and so many, um, so much screen time that we can go out and become oriented uh, in nature with, with our gardening. It's wonderful. It's nice in that respect, just the way you've said it, because you're, I mean, gardening is tuning into nature anyway, but that just think of what you've, you just said, you're, you're, you're paying a lot of attention to nature mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yes, yes. And and part of that, you know, journey of observation, not only of, oh, have the squirrels come back or um, what's going on with, uh, you know, an aphid or what have you, that all of that, when you get that product at the end of the season, and you get to have that tomato, my first vegetables never make it into the house, I just, you know, crunch my green bean right in my mouth or whatever it is. And I can remember, uh, we didn't have that many rabbits around when I was a kid, but my grandma's garden, she'd be like, Oh, I could see the rabbits were here. Meanwhile, be me and my brothers that we'd be eating radishes and it pretty much right straight from wouldn't even run it underwater, got the soil and everything. Now I don't recommend that, but that's what I was doing as a kid. Cause it's just so darn good. So yeah. it's uh, it is, as you say, exciting and so much to see and observe. And it brings us an appreciation. I I think of to life overall, uh, that, you know, the cycle of life, but also, um, food sustains us and nourishes us, but also appreciation for the farmers and other people out there in agri-food who are bringing on a larger scale, what we're creating in our backyards. We're very grateful for all the food that there is worldwide. I've asked a couple of questions about reading seed packet labels, and is there any other information printed on the seed packages that I haven't asked that would be helpful for listeners to know about? There's a real variety of information available on the packages, depending on uh, the seed company. And some offer a lot more general information and growing tips than others. Some some won't even offer uh, growing tips. Uh, they only give you a basic. It's kind of where you're at to see if there's enough information there for you. Really, really, really helpful, Alan. And I could talk to you all day. We try to add the humanities, so philosophy, history, creativity to today's food dialogue on this show. And how might these schools of thought or approaches to knowing help individuals grow some of their own food? Well, I think because the gardening now, as we've mentioned, the, the varieties that are available uh, worldwide are from a worldwide sort of uh, pool has opened up doors to learn about other cultures, to learn about other foods and cooking that, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it's exciting and, and fresh is so intoxicating. I think that's what people learn about growing their own food too. It just, everything about it, 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 it gives back uh, way more than you 
have to put into it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. You could just spend almost uh, uh, not just a whole day, but a lifetime discovering these things. So I, I think that's a wonderful answer. And this show is also called Food for the Futures. I'm wondering, Alan, from your perspective at Anything Grows Seed Company, how does purchasing seeds from a local supplier help us find the way forward together? It was an interesting question. I think I realized that uh, what it does is create a dialogue uh, from purchasing the, the seed to, to growing it to uh, perhaps sharing the harvest. It, uh, it offers so much opportunity for family time and, uh, and community. Wonderful. So it raises the conversation level. We engage in dialogue and in doing so, we learn about each other, we understand more and we're more connected. And isn't that a great message? Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would say that it's an investment in time in terms of what you would be doing to look at uh, growing your own food. But uh, I think as what we've been sharing throughout this, is everything about it is so rewarding. So set yourself up for success to kind of do do it right first and uh, and just enjoy the, the process and, and uh, that connection to nature is pretty special. Alan, thank you very much for sharing your expertise today. I learned so much. Thanks very much. It was wonderful to have you here. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Alan Watts, co-owner of Anything Grows Seed Company at the Western Fair Market. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, what food would you like to try growing at home? Something to do, go to facebook.com, The Seed Boys, to find out more about the right seeds for your growing space and lots more. Next week on the show, we return to the series Back to the Future. We'll talk about ways of knowing and earth-to-table legacies. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.